And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you got all that I need. Dimsey hits Davin Fee. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Coyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Garrity and meet of the football champions. Hello and welcome to another edition of the We Are Meat podcast. I'm Mickey Brennan and as always I'm joined by the Meat PRO, Mr. Kieran Flynn. It's good to be here. Yeah, good stuff Kieran. It's uh, great to have a man with such knowledge and such a great, um, what would you say, um, you know, one for the for the punters. You always come in with the bets for the punters and uh, you, you know your predictions must be making a lot of people money at the moment. Or are you sponsored by Paddy Power? Um, I've been, there's actually a, kind of a secret pact I've pact with a few of the clubs that are keeping them under the radar so it's all kind of keep them under the radar there's no there's no money changing hands well the Vincents are delighted with your predictions so far anyway that's for sure and also on this week's podcast I'm absolutely delighted to say that we're joined by the one and only Mr Davy Rispin from the David Rispin or from the Rispin blog not the David Rispin blog the, the Rispin blog um, David thanks a million for coming in cheers Mickey pleasure to be here with Two legends like yourselves. <laughs> I don't know, legends would be more like it. But uh, I suppose we, we can't go on to the show without talking about the blog. Um, massive success. But yeah. something like that is only a success because of the content um, and uh, the content that you put into it. And, uh, you know, your, your writing skills, absolutely fantastic. I have to say, it's such a pleasure every week getting the Rispin blog, reading through uh, the games. So you get all the insight to the games and you get what happened in the games, but you also get a little bit of humour thrown in as well, Davey. Yeah, I, I think that's key. I think the humour bit, obviously, you probably couldn't be seen to overstep the mark at times, but but I think that's important. I know from experience, it's all started off for me writing match reports, and the one thing I, I really focused on was, was adding that bit of humour in. And I know for team morale... Lads love reading about themselves. They mightn't tell you they like reading about themselves, but they really do see, like seeing a line. You're playing to their egos. Absolutely. And, and the blog is something similar. Look at, you're going to games, you're not given a big match report because that's what clubs do for themselves. Already. You're, you're analysing the game, throwing in a thing or two here, a bit of a laugh, a bit of a joke, and people like that. And I think it's important to have something like that in, in, in the system. You know? Yeah, absolutely, because you have it right there. Like, your analysis is excellent on the games as well. You know, so you're getting the, the, the right combination, you know, and the right balance. You know, you throw in your, your few little isms and you throw in your, your, your odd joke about players or whatever. Like, for instance, there was a player 8 foot 4 playing uh, on the weekend. Uh, <laughs> Tommy Field. Tommy yeah. Field. Um, you know, and yeah. then a few weeks ago, um, you know, Stephen Moore from Simonstown was a midget. Beside, beside the man that is Paddy O'Rourke, you know. So, like, there's... Uh, but but having said that, apart from the humour, the content and the analysis is excellent. So, you know, fair play to you and keep it up, David. Yeah, thanks. It, it, look, it's just something... I, I've been going to games like this for, for quite a while and people were saying to me, you know, why, why don't you go and write a few lines like you do in your match reports on different games? And I, at first I was kind of hesitant about it, like, um, what will people think and what will different clubs think? But... The feedback's all been brilliant. You know, the likes of yourselves here, really good. Me, GA, um, Fergal Lynch, guys like this. And the clubs themselves have embraced it too, which is huge. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thankful for them as well. So, so are we looking at uh, maybe a, a future uh, change of career maybe? or <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm in the digital marketing sector. I'm just finishing up my master's at the moment. So blogs would be a part of... You know, part of the the type of job that I'd be doing, so it's kind of all linked, I suppose. But um, I don't know about journalism now. It's a fairly doggy dog world out there. I think there's a man sitting beside me uh, here who might uh, call on your expertise for 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 a few um, reports and stuff, or maybe write ups. Yeah, we had that on Twitter a few months back. I said you'd be getting a call off me. Some says you would be getting that call. <laughs> 
do you want to do you want to just do it now? Save yourself the cost of the call. <laughs> <laughs> That's on the county board phone. Are you all right? <laughs> <laughs> But anybody out there, just follow um, Davy Rispin on Twitter. You'll find him on Facebook as well, and Cheers. you'll find the. You'll find him in Corton as well. You'll find him in Corton. Well, no, you'll find him place. Well, I, I was thinking you'd probably be better off going to Park Tolchin to find him yeah, too. Yeah, the, the palace on the Saturday night, you'll probably find him as well. So. <laughs> I think he spends more time in Park Tolchin than he does anywhere else, yeah, in fairness, yeah. but. Uh, He's, uh, he's doing a great job. And, and as I said, um, you'll get the, the Rispin blog on Twitter and on Facebook. And um, if you haven't read it, get out there, read it. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. But we're going to move on. We're going to have Davey here for the, for the whole uh, of the, um, the podcast today. And uh, we're going to get his thoughts on a few things yeah, later get on. get someone so. in here that actually understood football. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, I, I just thought that it would be better if we had a two-to-one on the on the predictions. Because, yeah. you know, my predictions and your predictions, you know, it's 50-50 really, isn't it? You know, it's 50-50. So the, the punters aren't getting anything no. from it unless no. they back both of us. So David might, yeah, yeah, yeah. might be the, the sway now. Yeah. He might say, well, actually, so if two of us go at one team... Then you're guaranteed that uh, that team will probably lose. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to uh, be talking on this week's podcast about the All Ireland, uh, sorry, the ladies All Ireland intermediate final where uh, Mead came a cropper against a, a tough Tyrone team. We'll be talking about the junior championship, the Chocolaterra Junior Championship semi finals that took place, and also the Mead Potato Company intermediate championship semi finals that took place. We'll be looking ahead to the Ted Murtha Senior Hurling Championship semi finals next weekend. And then we have a few extras at the end of all that, just to keep you all interested. So I suppose, lads, just looking at it, the All-Ireland Tina G, or TG Carr Ladies Intermediate Final took place on Sunday. Uh, Mead taking on Tyrone. It was a triple header in Croker. And uh, Mead, you know, just came up against a formidable Tyrone side. Goals win games. And, uh, you know, Tyrone, six goals and eight points to Mead's one goal and 14 it was a tough one to take. Looking at the game, you know, Mead seemed to have the lion's share of possession, but Tyrone seemed to play like their their, their fellow com- compatriots, the males. They played with 13 behind the ball, counter-attack football, and Mead just weren't able to deal with it, I suppose, Kieran. It just seems to be our unlocking, isn't it? Ulster football teams just can't, can't seem to get by them. It's only, think, what, for Man and Antrim, the only teams we've really beaten in recent years. Yeah. In, in the lads and in the ladies, we've struggled a bit too. Yeah, it just was frustrating to watch. Like, it just seemed to be able to score goals at will on us, and we seemed to have a lot of possession. We scored one fourteen, which is a great score in return. Just a few times for the likes of say Megan from Dunsany, they know she puts in so much effort playing the camogie and the, the ladies' football mm-hmm. and the serious effort. The only, the only thing in Salas might be Tyrone got to the final last year and lost. Yeah. So hopefully Mead can come back and do one better next year. But, it's just a tough pill to swallow. It's never nice to lose a final, especially one when you're at the end of the year, All-Ireland. Davey, next year it's going to be a tough championship as well when you yeah. consider that Tipperary got relegated back down. Um, they won the um, intermediate last year against yeah. Tyrone. That's right. So like, it's, it's, it's not going to be easy for me, but this is a really good Mead football inside. And do you think maybe that their footballing the the footballing style maybe was what caught them out against her own the weekend. Yeah, quite possibly. I thought we were a bit open, a bit naive. Possibly, I yeah. don't want to be seen to be criticising them. I mean, after losing to Wicklow in the Leinster, it was a, it was a tremendous achievement to come back and get to an All Ireland final in Crow Park. The girls will learn from the experience more than that, and it is a it is a big learning curve. It's a tough one too to take, but I just think Tyrone were a bit cuter. They they ran through the middle, kind of pulled us and, and dragged us out of the middle. Their tackling was superb. Mead kind of took the ball into the tackle far too often. Um, but as Kieran says, one fourteen is a good score and probably should win you most games. Yeah. But as you said, um, you can't you can't afford to concede goals and to concede four in the first half was detrimental. Yeah, some of the big players for Mead as well. I suppose well, some of the heavy hitters, some of the the high scores, the likes of um, Vicky Wall only got a point as well. Mm. You know, she's been scoring heavily for Mead and Megan Tyne as well has been up and down the field, but. You know, it was a spirited display. That's one thing we can say. Like, you know, they never give up. And even the substitutes did well. I suppose Avian Leahy who come on, bursting through the middle yeah. with the ball, breaking forward, gets taken down for the penalty. And, of course, Stacey Grimes, who ended up at 1-5 on the day, mm-hmm. you know, stuck that ball into the left-hand corner, giving the goalkeeper no chance. But, uh, like, they're definitely a good enough football inside um, to win an intermediate championship. But maybe, as you said, a little bit of naivety in that, you know, 
they probably looked at the fact that Tyrone had beaten Sligo in the semi-final. Yeah. Mead had hammered Sligo mm-hmm. uh, earlier on the champ- or in, in the league, maybe, I think it was. But Tyrone struggled ne- nearly to get over um, Sligo. And then Mead gives Russ Commons such a hiding down in Dr. Hyde Park as well um, that maybe there was just a little bit of complacency as well in the tactics, maybe. Yeah, it, it, probably, it probably did come into it. I know in semi-finals... They're all about winning, but you'd still like to have a test going into the final. I think in whatever grade or whatever level you're playing at, um, I think I think the goals just hit the girls hard, and it was such a big occasion. Especially, you know, they were so early. Like we competed very well. Apart from that, I mean, Nevo Sullivan was still a thorn in their side, yeah. and as you said, Stacey Grimes. But it, it just wasn't to be. I think in midfield, the girls tried really hard, but it was just. Tyrone just kind of ran through us through the middle, pulled our centre half back and full back out of the way, and, and ran through that space, and that was that was our undoing, I think. Yeah, it was just unfortunate, but look, everybody is extremely proud of these uh, ladies getting to an All Ireland final is no mean feat, and uh, hopefully they'll come back uh, stronger and more spirited next year and uh, go push on and go one step further and get up to the senior ranks in the football. Again, just another thing as well to note, attendance in Crow Park, highest attended uh, ladies' finals um, ever, 50,141 people uh, attended the games in Crow Park. And not only that, but that was the sixth highest attended GAA game of the year. And that's including including your hurling, your men's football, your super eights, the whole lot. Your handball and your rounders. <laughs> your handball and your rounders, Absolutely. which are really, really highly um, attended. Uh, so they are. Um, King's Court is always a yeah. sellout, so it is, um, <laughs> for the handball. But uh, yeah, so it, it, it is great to see. And, and obviously, little sponsorship is, is really helping that. And, and we're delighted that uh, the girls could get that far this year. And hopefully, as I said, we'll push on and do one. One, one step further next year. But anyway, we're going to push on. Um, we're going to go on to the Chocolate Terrell Junior Championship semi-finals that took place on the weekend. Um, Ross taking on St. Vincent's and Beliver taking on Dunboyne. Uh, Ross losing out by a point to St. Vincent's. I think, uh, I'm not sure, but I think that Kieran may have tipped Karen Ross to win that one. And I tipped St. Vincent's. And then Beliver <laughs> were taking on Dunboyne and uh, Dunboyne won this in the scoreline of 119 to two goals and 13 and Again, Kieran, I think you may have tipped Beliver to win that one, and I may have tipped Dunboyne. You're quite silent there. I'm just waiting for you to finish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to interrupt you when you're in full speed. You know? Yeah, but well, look, two fantastic games of football. Um, you know, the Vincents, look, dead and buried, coming back and winning that game. Um, I suppose we'll go to David about this one, because you, you have a theory about them, and your theory... It seems to be, you know, it's yeah. coming to fruition in every game. So yeah, I, I, I don't know. what The first I kind of, the first sense of it I got was when we actually played them. Um, we'd come off the back of a decent result against Minolte, a game in which we should have won. And we were confident going into the game. But they absolutely blew us away from start to finish. And I, I mean that in the sense that you always really get a purple patch, a 10-minute spell. Yeah. They never even afforded us that. They're so fit. They're ultra, ultra fit. Um, lads and I was just told the other night that uh, seemingly they never stopped at the end of last year they kept going throughout the winter and it's showing they play a system which suits them that it's well tuned and every single player knows their their role in it Um, they never panic just a simple example I thought when Frank O'Reilly was sent off with five minutes to go they were still two points down and they were passing the ball laterally and from the from looking out onto the stand Vincent's people beside me were saying the same thing kick the Ball in, and <laughs> Love but the pause there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just emphasise it. But um, but they didn't. They they waited their moment. They were patient and they picked the hole in the Karen Ross defence and mm-hmm. got a score from it. And um, they got the goal from a Davy Tallon dropped the ball in and young Jack Byrne finished it. And then the winner, Ryan Hand, made under twenty star burst through again, waited his moment and and kicked the score. And that was the difference. The same happened in the quarter final against St Bridget's. They were quite poor in the first half. It went in, I think it was one six to one three to six at half time as mm-hmm. a draw, and Bridget's only scored a point in the second half. Yeah. They're a relentless side, the Vincents. They're not blessed with quality footballers. I think they'd be the first to admit that, but the fitness and the style of play suits them down to the ground, and that's they're a credit to themselves. And by the sense of things as well is is, is that they've got a they've got a tactic and they've got a a, a, a way of playing. 
and they all believe in it. <clears throat> because as you said, like the, the Vincent supporters were saying, kick that and ball in. Yeah. And, you know, they, they didn't. They were just patient. They've obviously got a style of play and they're all very confident in that and in the manager. Um, and for a team to give that kind of, like, work ethic to go back early um, and sacrifice maybe two nights a week when football is well over, you know, yeah. November, December, January, you know, that's going to stand to them as well throughout the championship and, and it has done. Well, actually, the two boys who managed the team, Ronan Curran, Sratzer and Dahi White, they won the under-17 special championship with Mead there last year. And they, they showed the pedigree there, beating the dubs in Drada mm-hmm. that time. Very well, like in a well-organised and well-thought-through, kind of similar tactical prowess was very high. And they just, they brought kind of a good uh, professional outlook to that minor team, under-17 team. And they, they're doing it with the Vincents now. And Davey's spot on, but they kind of, they have a tactic that's working for them. Big Tommy Field, we, every week we're mentioning him and we're saying that knee, that knee patch is getting, I think he's going to take it off for the it's final. Iconic, it's like, isn't it? It's like, the, it's like remember the rock and the wrestling, you take the, take the elbow pad off when he was going on, I think it's going to come off for the last five minutes in the final. That knee, pad and, that knee pad and anybody else would probably be like a tent. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, because he's just that big of a man. Oh, it's huge, yeah. yeah. But no, foot four, isn't it? <laughs> he, he makes them tick. And yeah. I mean, the obvious tactic when, when they were in trouble, and for any other side, I know ourselves would be the same. You'd always put the big man on the edge of the square, the big Mickey Brennan in on the edge of the square That's and lump ball in. All <laughs> <laughs> and, and big and a, and a unit. But, but, but Tommy Field was out in the midfield orchestrating the play yeah. he kicked an inspirational score when things weren't going their way and that turned the tide Karen Ross will be disappointed I mean the McGee brothers John L and Dermot between them yeah. had three or four decent goal scoring John chances. L had two in the second half yeah and, and Cottle Tallinn in goals made made a couple of superb saves it has to be did said you, did you notice it was one blooper Cottle in the goals there and he made the ball was going wide it looked like and it hit the, the post and he already had the ball in his hand for the quick Kick it. <laughs> and right. he was coming out and he had to fling the ball behind him yeah. and come out and get the ball. It was, it was a funny moment. The Vincents were the, the managers weren't too impressed for a second now, but they saw the funny side. And just on that, is, is there not a rule that if there's two balls on the pitch that the, the referee has to blow the whistle and throw the ball up? Yeah, but sure, if he doesn't see it to play on. No, all right, well then, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't let the rules get in the way of a good match. <laughs> well, I, I, had, I had noted as well, Talon, the goalkeeper, made some uh, outstanding yeah. saves mm. uh, by all accounts. And, and you know, Karen Ross, we can't talk about Karen Ross without talking about Ollie Murphy. Um, Ollie Murphy in goals, the net minder. So he's gone from scoring goals to saving goals. Um, and I believe his kickouts, you know, not maybe not last weekend, but the weekend before, were just something to behold. He was just so precise with his kickouts. But great to see uh, oh, the Karen yes. Ross. The Vincents actually do. That's another thing with their tactics. They push up on the kickouts yeah. very, very aggressively. Um, yeah, and just on that, actually, when when they did do it second half, I thought first half they were quite sloppy. They did allow Ollie to pick lads out short. When they pushed up, they dominated midfield second half, and it wasn't Ollie's fault. He, you know, he he had to bomb it long because not was ever Ollie's fault. No, <laughs> but um, but but going back to Ollie, the previous week, Karen Ross wouldn't have been in the semi final if it wasn't for him. Kieran would be the first to tell you it was his own club Dunsany. Yeah, made a top save. Um, coming towards the end of that game, I think Karen Ross won by two points in the end, and, did, that, yeah. and that was the difference. One eighteen yeah. to one sixteen. Um, yeah. So, I so no, that Ollie had a good one on Twitter. I think last year, I think some fellow was slagging him about fitness or something, and he said, uh, like, was he not doing his laps or whatever back in the nineties or whatever? And he said the only laps he did was laps of the the nightclub in Kells after beating the Dubs. That's the only laps <laughs> he, he was doing. Yeah, he's still doing it. Yeah, he says the only laps he was doing. That put your man on Twitter fairly to, to bed. Now. But uh, it's funny because even there during the week, I've had people tweet me asking me about Ollie Murphy and one lad in particular from from Cavan asking what's the story is Ali Murphy actually still playing football for Karen Ross like you know and I said well if Mickey Linden can do it in down like, yeah, you know why sure. can't uh, Graham Gertie was Ali playing Murphy. junior C for Clannagale he's yeah. supposed to lit it up as well on you know, so evening, so. it's it's just <laughs> I don't, know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know whether that's an indictment of, of, of GAA football or Gaelic football in Mead when, you, when, when the, the players from, from 1986 and 99 are the ones lighting up the championship in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just maybe trying looking at family, I don't know. But it was, as we said, Vincent's came away with the victory there, winning by a point. That goal being um, scored by Jack 
burned uh, the substitute would come on after 23 minutes um, and one thing you said as well Davey is that the manager made changes before half time yeah. and they may not have worked at the start when they come on straight away but they were really instrumental in St Vincent's getting back into the game in the second half absolutely the, he made three first half changes which at any grade at any level in any game is a huge huge call for a manager to make you yeah. don't see it Yeah. simple as and he made the three changes towards the end of the first half. Could have waited till halftime, didn't. Brought them on and, and they bore fruit in the second half. Um, young, I think it's own Corey, was outstanding. Mm-hmm. He, he won everything that went into him. Dished it off, got a fine score. And then, as you said, Jack Byrne popped up with the, with the winning goal. Uh, three inspired substitutions, it has to be said, yeah. So yeah, full so credit to Roman Kearns. Quality management, quality team. And they see themselves through to the Chattanooga Junior Championship Final where they're going to take on a formidable team in Dunboyne. Uh, Dunboyne beating Beliver 119 to 213, a three-point victory. But Dunboyne really dominated this game from start to finish. Um, and it was Beliver who were playing catch-up the whole time. Um, you know, what can we say about Dunboyne? They're, I, I think Dunboyne as a club are probably stronger than Dunamore Ashburn. Yeah. As a, a as a club overall with teams, so it only makes sense that they would have a team going from junior to intermediate the same way as Dunham or Ashburn have a senior and an intermediate team. So it's a natural progression for them. And um, quality quality team, young experience, young players mixed with a bit of experience, and it seems to be a way of blooding players onto their senior team because they've only the last time they were beaten in the in the junior final, I think. They have only got three of those players left. Is that right? That's true. We we were the team that bet them. It was twenty fourteen, but I think offhand uh, seven or eight of them lads went on, on and, and are playing senior football right now. Yeah, there's only I think Johnny O'Connor, Barry Comer, and I think it's great David Clark. Johnny O'Connor made a great save. Yeah, the top keeper. But there's there is just three of them, but they have that experience. Then you're you're throwing in the likes of Jason Daly. Was a top player at underage. I think he played me mm-hmm. minor. Played minor, yeah. Uh, Jack Cox, um, Sean McGrath. These kind of lads are are huge for a team like Dunboyne. But I I do I do have a lot of admiration for Dunboyne the way they approach the junior A grade. Yeah. They pick a panel for the senior championship, and that's it. Barren injuries and suspensions. That's their panel. End of. And they pick a panel that stays junior A, and they give the junior A a good crack year on year. Um, no, that's 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 all right and fine. Like it is commendable and the whole lot, but that's a numbers thing. You know, you have to have the numbers to be able to do mm. that. Like not every club is blessed with the numbers that they're buying. Yeah, Dunham, yeah. Ashburn, Rathout, St. Colm Kills, all those South mm. Mean teams Simonson. have um <laughs> Simon as well, if you want to throw that in as well yeah. into the mix. But you know, as you said, okay, even if you have those numbers to do that as well is great discipline by the club to mm-hmm. keep a panel of senior, keep a panel of junior, and keep well, another panel of junior. Well, like Ger Robinson is over that junior team because Ger is a long, long time in me GA. Like another good man who knows football and doing it for the right reasons. Like yeah. he's not like that junior. Like they're trying to win it, but he's seeing obviously the bigger goal is to win senior. Yeah. So, but you can do both. You can be competitive junior A while being a development panel. It's nearly a development yeah. panel. That's it exactly. Yeah, it's it. a feeder. It's yeah, a feeder on the senior, but it's, it's, it's a great. Kieran will, Kieran will probably agree with this too. It's it's a great feeder or it's a great experience for the lads to get in junior A because it's a good level of football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've played it yourself, yeah. Nicky. Like, th- there is tough games against tough opposition and you're going to get you know tested physically and mentally and it stands them in good stead. For I'm sure there's going to be a handful of them lads playing senior football this time next year for them. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. And they'll have players coming on from their junior D team that were in a, 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 a quarter final as well. Yeah. You know, so like again, each of their teams are feeding the next one up, and they're just calling for Dunboyne to split into two. Is it? <laughs> well, we're going to have to have a look at their finances first. So we are before yeah. see see where they're getting all their sponsorship. I think the money was just resting in their account. Dunboyne is only a small wee village, really. <laughs> it is. So where's all the money coming from here? <laughs> is are the key, are the county board propping them up? Is that what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not us propping them up. <laughs> but look, we can't take it away from Dunboyne. Absolutely brilliant. I I did say to you earlier in the in the year that I think that this is Dunboyne's year at Junior A. Um, they've gone through to the final now. They're going to be playing St Vincent's. That game is going to be on uh, the twenty Saturday the twenty ninth at four thirty in Park Tolchin. And the senior game will be the pre um pre, it will prelude that at three pm. But 
We won't do predictions, so I'm going to give you a week before you do your predictions. But it's going to be a tough one for <laughs> <Go> me. On. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a tough one for me because St. Vincent's, who I've been you know, behind, uh, I've been following them on one side, I've been following Dumboyne on the other side of the draw, we'll say, and uh, they've both met each other in the final. And I'm both just teams gonna... have told me not to predict them, so <laughs> I, think I, just, I think I just have stain for the junior final. <laughs> That's like, yeah. that, that, that was like um, when Monaghan were play, taking on Tyrone in the All-Ireland semi-final. I, I was like, you know, I don't want to see Monaghan winning the, um, the semi-final and going through to an All-Ireland final. And then Tyrone beat them, and then I was like going, right, now, is there any way that Tyrone and Dublin can lose the yeah, yeah. final? It's just, it wasn't an easy one to cheer It was no, bitter, no. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> we'll get on to Tyrone in a few minutes. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. So we're going to move on now. In one moment, we're going to go to the Mead Potato, uh, Mead Potato Company Intermediate Championship. So first up in the Intermediate Championship uh, uh, semi-finals that took place was Ballinlock and uh, Old Castle. A big local derby here. Um, and it was... Ballon Locke, who came away with the win, one goal and ten to one goal and nine. And uh, just from the predictions from last week, um, myself and Kieran went for Old Castle. And this was a surprising one for me because you were Pat O'Byrne's biggest fan the right way, the way through the championship. You and I did say Ballon beware Locke. of Pat O'Byrne when I was picking Old Castle. You did, yeah. Which was very clever of me, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it? Like, yeah. <laughs> you were thinking out loud at that stage. Yeah, I was saying, like, oh, Ballon Locke definitely going to win, but I picked Old Castle. Yeah, yeah. You didn't even <laughs> heed your own warnings, no. so you didn't. Maybe, but, maybe you were putting the kiss of death on them on purpose so Pat and the lads could. <laughs> maybe after. so. That's what I've done. That the Pat are paid you, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. But he's a postman he knows where he lives but to, to, to go back to this game again like similar to to what we said about Vincent's you know um, Oldcastle by far a better footballing team by, than Ballinlock but Ballinlock had something in their um, in their artillery that you know that, that Oldcastle didn't have you know and that was you know the, the, the country team the you know the, the doggedness and, Chris, and then yeah. sorry they had two things because you mentioned it in yeah. your blog and the second thing was Paderborn like yeah, you know yeah. um, Paderborn again just what can you say about this man I suppose Dave you, you, you wrote about uh, about it and said like how he was the difference basically between yeah, the two and, teams. And he, and he's an enigma I've, I've heard Kieran talking about Max and Lyrical about him several times and and it seems like a strange obsession yeah. but he's he's an absolute legend and yeah. he, he's, he wasn't in the game so to speak for about 50 minutes Keen McPartland did an excellent job on him really really good job man marking him he kicked one outrageous score I think from about 50 metres with 10 yeah. minutes to go there were 3 points down at the time right and that just something just clicked for them and they, they ended up kicking the last four points and winning right, by yeah. a point. I was right behind it. I know there was videos going around of the of the winning score. I was right behind it. I was fortunate I can't, enough. I, I've seen the video, but mm. I can't see the ball in it. The, the terrace the terrace <laughs> video isn't a great angle. Even the stand one isn't. But yeah. You tell us then. Like, so it was, it was funny because it was a line ball. Yeah. right. And the old Castle player came in and he went to fire the ball into the stand to waste time. The ball actually cannoned off the fence in Park Talton, came back and hit Simon Deavy, right? The big show, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he came in and he absolutely nailed the Ballinlock player, yeah. or Oldcastle player. And the referee came in and I was sure, oh my God, he's going to give a free out or he's going to throw the ball in. He actually upgraded the sideline to a free kick to Ballinlock. I don't know why or how. But even at that, it was a difficult, like it was on the 21 over at the sideline, just under the stand off the ground, swirling breeze. No dramas with Paddleburn. He drops the ball, takes a couple of steps back and just hits it. And he caught it on the instep absolutely brilliantly. It was a marvellous goal. Did he hit it with his left? No, with his right. With his right, from the right-hand side? Yeah. Down off. into the town end, yeah. so completely... Wrong side, wrong foot, no outside of the right, no left foot, nothing. Just inside of the right, caught it, and it just curled around. It was... <laughs> Paddleborn oh, mania is kicking yeah. off. Yeah, <laughs> t-shirts. Sorry, just, just before I, I had this in my head all day. I meant to say it. There was a bit of a long stoppage in between the the, the second junior game and the intermediate game. And Kieran Flynn on DJ Kieran Flynn. Oh, yeah. the playlist was uh, it was like a disco in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. You had the Bee Gees, you had the Cranberries, yeah. like staying alive. Even shut up and dance, a yeah, person yeah. favorite of mine. <laughs> And there was about 40 minutes of a gap and there was some great movers in the audience. Yeah. Great to see it. 
But um, no, it'd be a good place to bring a few cans. Absolutely, you know, yeah. Saturday night. Glow sticks and yeah. whistles well, and Disco all ball, everything. Hopefully we, we build a new stand and have a bar in it and get the lights back Saturday night. We'll, go up, we'll bring, the, bring the palace to fair touch. Saturday night fever, yeah. Saturday night fever and fair touch. Yeah, they, they've been known to, to play some really good tunes now in, in, in fair touch. I've yeah. commended I, them on that now a couple of times. Well, I, just, I, I got the CDs that were there before and I just... Through them out the window. Right. Last year, last year we played um, the Friends team song. We played the A team. Yeah. It was some CD, I think, of ringtones. And we played ABBA's Greatest Hits. And I do like ABBA, but not 14 songs in a row. Yeah. Like, ABBA's pretty good. It was good. a bit of ABBA as well. Yeah, but what, I had, yeah, it was a Take a Chance on Me yeah. or one of these or something. Well, what age are you? Uh, just uh, about 405, I think. Not even the music. <laughs> been a Bach or Mozart. It's just it's 26, just a, are you? 26. It's just that the, the music that you're playing now, it's, it's, it's probably a generation. But maybe, maybe it was a secret message to rally some of the Ballinock yeah, players know, because they'd be more veterans than yeah, yeah. young fellas. <laughs> possibly that struck a chord That's with a them. lovely way of putting it to it. <laughs> yeah. well, I had um, promises the top of the charts at the moment there as well. With your man Sam Smith, so I do look after yeah, the young ones yeah. too, like you know. Absolutely, caters for everyone. Yeah, caters for Big for Thomas. We played Big Th- the the weekend he died and Avicii died. Right. We played Avicii and Big Tom the <laughs> same weekend. <laughs> Opposite ends of the spectrum. Wasn't a remix. We could get them with one song. <laughs> we'll bring it back to the football anyway. Yeah. We'll we'll talk about your DJing later on in, in, a, we'll in do a, a separate, separate podcast. podcast. Yeah. Um, you mentioned it as well already, David. Like. Banlock were four points down with ten minutes to go. Mm. That point you were saying uh, seemed to spur them on, and they kicked five unanswered points yeah. in the last ten minutes to go and win that game. And you know they've been doing it week in week out. They've been uh, you know pushing themselves to the limits. This Banlock team, Pat O'Byrne has just been you know exceptional, as you said. He's he's just been you know so good for them this year. Can they go on and win this championship? I don't see why not. They won the championship as recently as 2014, yeah. and it was it's almost a carbon copy of the same team. There's off off the top of my head, I don't think there's anyone new on the team that wasn't playing in 2014. So they've been there. Was Ken Rockwell on that team? Ken Rockwell might have been. Might yeah, have been, yeah, yeah. He's not playing anymore, but he's he's playing junior, so he's, yeah. yeah, he's still playing a bit of junior. But but they they have the same nucleus of the team from 2014. They know how it's done, how to do it. Um, it's just that experience. I mean, Old Castle had the chance. They had several chances in true to put them away. They dropped three balls into into the goalkeeper's yeah. hands. The worst thing in the world, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and it and it gives it gives the opposition a real lift when when yeah. that happens. Um, you just got to kill that ball, whether yeah, it goes absolutely. wide or so like, dro- a drop ball is just it, it's it's nearly it's saying, nearly yeah. as good as a, a forty five for the opposing team. Nearly, you know, like anyway, you won't say a score. There's one thing I, always, I hate that you know, a wide is as good as a score at this time of the match. I think it's not really no. If you're if it's a draw match, you take the point. <laughs> well, that's you know, true. You know, that's one thing I hate that saying, but the idea is the principle is still the same. principle is still there yeah. because like you know dropping it, dropping it into the keeper's hand. What it does is it means as well that they can they can build from the back line. Uh, all the keeper has to do is come out and drag one forward towards them and you're creating an overlap mm. straight away. Whereas a kick out, usually, well, if it's put out to the middle of the field, it's a 50-50 ball, yeah. you know what I mean? Like So giving, giving the ball into the keeper's hands is a real killer. Jason Scully performed really well for Old Castle and looked yeah. like a real... Uh, he, he, uh, was, he was the one for them. He was outstanding. Um, his goal at the start of the second half, he, he cut through the cut through the ball and lock defence, ran from midfield and finished brilliantly. Uh, he was the one shining light for them, and I think he's he's a real star going forward, hopefully for Mead in the future. Um, Oldcastle will be kicking themselves. I mean, not enough of them performed, especially when they got into the position. They were three points up, a man, a man extra as well. Man extra Ronan McGuinness was sent that, off, yeah, yeah. and they looked like they were in complete and utter control, but they just didn't kill the game off. They kept Ballinlock in it, and I mean, I, I talked about him in the blog, but Simon Devi, I thought, was absolutely outstanding. You know, he, he's massive and all that, but, but he gets out in front and he wins his ball. He doesn't entertain kicking a point or, or kicking a goal. He, he's always looking for off the shoulder. If, if Pather's running off the shoulder, if Shawnee Garrity's running off the shoulder, he's the link man between them. And he's so important to them because there were stages in the second half um, on Saturday when he was the only one in the, in the Old Castle half mm-hmm. when, when they went down to 14 men. And he was the perfect out ball every single time. And he's then they got, they got runners off him. Yeah. yeah, and he's so strong he can do that and he'll win frees for you. He's the Wes Hoolan of the Absolutely, yeah. Team. He's a bit he's a bit bigger than Wes Hoolan, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but <laughs> I know I'd rather fight anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no no full credit to, to Ballinlock. I mean, at the start of the year I think that they won one of their first five or six league games. They were really struggling. They were even struggling to field, I think. 
Yeah. Mm. Um, so it's testament to them and and their manager. I know you probably know Brian Donahue from yeah. from Calvin. Um, he's done an exceptional job with them to get them back to where where they are now. Credit to him. And there's only one team, I suppose, in uh, in their way from winning that. Uh, Intermediate Championship and that's going to be Longwood Longwood who beat Ballinabracchi on a scoreline of 1 goal and 10 to 12 points and just interestingly when I mentioned that scoreline that 3 out of all of the 4 semi-finals that were played on the weekend ended up 13-12 um, on total score wow. so um, what the odds of that in the Vincent's, <laughs> Vincent's were 1-10-12 against Karen Ross Ballinlock were 1-10 to 1-9 against Oldcastle and Longwood were 110 to 12 points against uh, Ballinabracchi the only team uh, Beliver and Dundoyne yeah. really, the really yeah. shot the shot the lights out in their game, but uh, it's just a, just an interesting little mm. thing between the three semi finals. I suppose the it wasn't a weekend for for a massive score lines anyway. The weather wasn't the best. Um, you know it was swirly winds and there was you know it, it just wasn't nice weather. But looking at the Longwood uh, win again, um, we just need to go back to the predictions from last week. Um, here on. <laughs> Just have, have a quick have look. Ballinabracky <laughs> versus the last Longwood. One. Uh, <laughs> I picked Longwood and you picked Ballinabracky. Yeah, and I think I did. Again, I was on about how much I love Longwood and how much I think they're going to win their games. But then I did think Ballinabracky were going to win. But I, I think we discussed this in last week's uh, podcast as well. Like, in a full podcast, you predict everybody to win. So it's yeah, nearly like you can't be never wrong. wrong. I like it. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, so but I'm not always right, but I'm never wrong. I, 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 live, I live that kind of... You always do this to me, Ted. Yeah. So I took the liberty of recording our conversation yeah. the last three weeks in a row. But, uh, but, Longwood were class. I thought Damo Healy in the scrum cap. He, had a, he, had a, he looked class. He looked very menacing figure. Terrifying, yeah. And I told him he's going to be getting shoulder pads at the final now. So he's going to be completely going mad out there next time. But again, a uh, team coming from behind to win their semi-final. Uh, Longwood trailing by two points with 59 minutes on the clock. My predictions um, were looking good for most of the weekend. Though, until the last minute of every game, they were like... I was coming in, I was thinking, Mickey Brennan, I'm going to have some smiley head and go into the podcast next week. And, and I did. <laughs> no, I was supposed to. still does. <laughs> I still haven't stopped yeah, smiling yeah. since I saw you today. But um, again, we're, we're looking at this game, Ballinabracchi, it was uh, they were leading at half time as well with three points, nine points to one goal and three. Longwood were misfiring and Ballinabracchi looked to be the, the team that were going to go on and win this. But again, uh, a, a man that's that's playing really well as well for Longwood the last few games is Ryan Moore and he steps up and scores the winner in injury time. Um, Serious scores. I could see him after he kicked the ball, he went down kind of kind of hunkers and he was like. Like a golfer, you know well, the golfer has yeah, a putt. Well, yeah. He was kind of, is it going to go in? Yeah. And then little fist bump, and yeah. he knew well it was going over. Like, <laughs> I'd love, I'd love if this was uh, recorded. Uh, if there was a camera recording. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you just saw the way Kieran described that whole fist pump and the way he got down the level, it was, uh, it was uh, quite a picture to behold. We'll have to upgrade the facilities. <laughs> RT Studios will give us a lender or something, maybe. But uh, David, you were at this game as well, and um, you know. What can you say about Longwood? Like we saw them earlier on in the year, myself and yourself a few times, and the one thing they've got is they've got toughness, mm. and then they've got a scattering of really good players, and you know they've got their county players there as well. Like so, again, you you I couldn't back against them going into this final against Ballinlock. It's going to be a fairly no, evenly matched game. They're, it's gas because they're two very similar teams, and they come from you know similar rural yeah. areas, so they have the same fundamentals. In, in their armour but going back to Longwood I mean they, they were down and out Ryan Moore really wasn't in the game sort of similar to Paddle Ball with Ballon Lock Derek Flynn did an absolutely excellent job with him there was a time when Mickey Burke was actually running by him with the ball and Derek Flynn had no interest in going near Mickey Burke <laughs> yeah. with the ball all eyes yeah. on Ryan Moore but uh, again as Kieran says stepped up when they needed him most and kicked the winning point but it's, it's interesting because you see that happening quite a lot. You put your best man marker on their best player mm. um, or their, their biggest threat yeah. going forward and whatever. But quality always shines through as well. You know, and and you just look at that. Ryan Moore and Pat O'Byrne had the final say mm. in those games. You know, didn't perform for 50 minutes, but the quality shines through in that you just, they, all they need is one opportunity yeah. and they're going to punish you. you know? I, I'd even link that to, to the goal Longwood scored. Aaron Ennis has been clocking up serious yeah. scores for Longwood this yeah. year. Nicky Judge went on and did a fantastic job, kept him scoreless. However, the goal came from a long ball into Aaron Ennis, turned, flicked it into Damo Healy, 
as you said, and he showed incredible composure. Oh, he, turn, yeah. yeah, he could have easily fisted the ball over, yeah. kicked it over, or whatever. He didn't. He cut inside, outside of the right bo- left into, boot. Sorry, into the corner of the net. So them hurlers are real tough men. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but that moment, a class, and that's all it takes is that one moment from your star man or one of your star men, Moore and Ennis. That was it, and that was the difference because Balnebracki got their two matchups spot on. Yeah. You know, uh, Ryan Moore kicked a point from play. Aaron Ennis didn't score from play yet. They were involved in two of the big moments in the in game. The game. Um, but aside from that, I thought Anthony Healy in midfield, Damos' brother, was outstanding for Longwood. Mickey Burke, the score he kicked, sure. the, his first point. Three points he had again. City class. You know. One score he got, and I don't know what happened to Balnebracki, they broke down. He got one on the, the terrace side, and he wasn't been marked by anyone. About 50 yards of space, yeah. and he ran in, just tipped over the bar. Yeah. Simple as like. There was no and, and his other score was a monster. Yeah. It, was, it was from under the stand. It was a serious score. No and that was <laughs> the funny thing is, is that when you're looking at him on the ball... Yeah. You're like going, don't kick, don't please, don't Mickey, don't but, kick it, but the and then all of a sudden he just does something like but that. But he like. never, Mickey Burke will never give the ball away. No, yeah. right? You, you can you could say, you know, he has his critics in me, like everybody does. Yeah, absolutely. But one thing about Mickey Burke is he will never ever lose possession. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a simple hand pass back to the keeper or a little uh, foot pass up the field, he will never lose possession. And like, okay, he's got a lot of miles in the clock and whatever. Um and he may be you know maybe losing that little bit of pace at county level, but at club level he's still an absolute quality player. Like yeah, you know when you can't take that away from him, and you know he's he, he, he got dispossessed once in the game. I remember, and because like, he was really annoyed at himself, like he, he takes it so seriously. He just went himself like that's not good enough, and then he went yeah. and got the next ball and forgot about. It. He's just like he's so meticulous in his approach and. Anytime maybe I go when he got annoyed at himself, did his did his jersey rip and no, it was like uh, he turned into Hulk, Stony the father too, and a kind of spinach from the <laughs> that all of a sudden something <laughs> just kind of the, oh. it popped out of his head. And he, another but, man, a great man, and just say I'm always with Mickey. He's a great man for the GA and me. Like he, yeah. the time of the failure was here, he went around as an ambassador. And yeah, no matter what you ask him to do, he always does it for the county, the club, and he just loves his football and his hurling. Like I do. So himself and the board, hopefully they're marking each other. No. <laughs> I just want, I'm going to ask for 10 minutes the two boys mark each other and just one kill on each one. other yeah. knock, them in the, knock them in the dressing room the full unedited yeah. version <laughs> I but, think but that's that's just, for a separate night that yeah. could be a fundraiser yeah, yeah. <laughs> white collar boxing yeah. but ju- sorry lads just going back to Longwood um, we, we played them we played them last year in the league final and the year before we actually played them in a relegation playoff in the intermediate they were in the relegation playoff last year again in the intermediate they were a club that, and they haven't won the intermediate for seventy four years, yeah, which yeah, is which is astonishing, yeah. right? But but full credit to them, they always were hard to beat and real defensive minded. But they've added that extra attacking dimension to their game. The likes of Moore, Aaron Ennis, even Mickey Burke. I was just going to say, well, Mickey Burke has gone from you know being a defender for 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 Longwood to yeah. now starting wearing number fourteen and just giving, a, just giving it just giving it like a, he was like a like an Andre Pirlo kind of. <laughs> took two kind of dummy solos and everyone in the stand was just kind of falling with him. <laughs> and, and actually, so yeah. I don't know if you've noticed it, but there's a there's a ponytail craze going on in Longwood I said at the, the minute bar, too. The barber in Longwood's making a fortune. That's all I can say. Whoever <laughs> he is, three he's ponytails. Worked. Three ponytails. They seem to be becoming more and more common each game. I think it was Bob Maguire, uh, Chris Lynch, and Owen Lynch, well. uh, Lynch, sorry, and Ryan Moore. The three <laughs> of them. If somebody from Longwood uh, could let us know what the story is, is it a new craze that uh, has started in Longwood? Is it coming? Oh, no, it's not is now, it coming though. from the west of Ireland and it just hasn't hit the east of Mead yet? It's just hitting the west of Mead. If you could let us know, do you reckon? Um, do you reckon we could see Mickey Brennan with one on County Final Day? <laughs> yeah, I'm, my hair is starting to go thin. <laughs> <laughs> like Homer, you get the three things and wrap I'll, them up. I'll, I'll have the Bobby Charlton comb over for, <laughs> for a County Semi-Final so yeah, well, but. Yeah. Um, if there is anybody in Longwood who could let us know what the story is, um, is it for a bet? Is it for charity? Uh, do these lads actually think that it looks good? <laughs> because David well, Risman is shaking his head. I wouldn't say it to them. No. They're a big, strong man. I wouldn't say it <laughs> Well, look, if they're in the palace wearing one of them, uh, yeah. th- they're more than welcome to have a drink beside me. I'd have no yeah. problem. I didn't buy the one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, they're going, obviously going to be taking on Ballinlock in the Intermediate Championship Final, the Mead Potato Company Intermediate Championship Final. That's going to take place on Sunday the 30th at 
Charity in Park Tolchin, and that's going to be um, the, the curtain raiser for that will be the second senior semi-final between Summerhill and Dunmore Ashburn yes so um, that's the um, the games from the weekend the championships from the weekend ran through we're going to have a look forward now uh, David is delighted to be talking about this now David I'm going to get your um, your complete and utter it's attention hurling, for this it? it is yeah no. I'll just pop out for five minutes <laughs> David's just going to have a little nap um, the Ted Murtha Senior Hurling Championship semi-finals take place this weekend at the 22nd um, of the ninth and the 23rd of the ninth, so Saturday and Sunday in Park Tolchin. The first one is at 5.15 on Saturday, and that sees Kildalki taking on Trim. And the second one is Kiltail taking on Rathout, and that's at 3.30 on Sunday in Park Tolchin. Um, and I suppose... And there's, an inter there's intermediate semi-finals before them, similar, there's a curtain raiser each of them. There's curtain raiser. The, the feel and the tones on the Saturday, and Gail Cullum Kill and... Can't, can't remember who the fourth team is, but there's an intermediate semi-final on both days as well. So You're a big hurling fan. Clannagale, is it? Clannagale. I'm doing the programmes at the moment and I'm not sure what teams are playing in any games. I'm just happy I'm just happy to wake up in the morning, go to school and go to work. The like, man who doesn't like hurling seems to know more about it than you, yeah. David. <laughs> no. It's but, um, so, two double-headers in Park Tolch on Saturday and Sunday, but we'll go to the senior uh, semi-final on Saturday. Kildalki and Trim. Uh, Trim, who came through... Um, from Group B of the um, of the senior championship, um, Longwood also came through, but they were beaten in the in the in their in their quarter final. Trim won their quarter final and now take on Kildalki. What way do you see this one going, Kieran? Well, Trim, yeah, the Beck Kline that asked the Kline seemed to be going kind of against the their their form. They started off very well and they had beaten Rototh, who were many people's favourites for the championship, and it seemed that Kline were going to be trouble and they're going to win be progressively in the final maybe but they've kind of fallen away and Trim bet them deservedly now it's Kildaki and Trim Kildaki won the final last year they're they're a top hurling side I think Kildaki will beat Trim I think Trim probably especially after them losing the football as well I don't think they're probably in as much of kind of a confidence zone as Kildaki who are so you're, you're going to pick Kildalki? Yeah, so everyone in the whole place well, put I've all your money on Trim. Just letting you know, yeah, I'm picking <laughs> Trim. <laughs> and the reason why I'm picking Trim is for the opposite. It's the same reason, but the opposite effect. You're saying that Trim haven't lost in the football, yeah. you know, that maybe they've lost hard. I think that this is the, a chance for them to get to a senior championship final, be it in hurling or be it in football. The football is gone so or the, the, from the intermediate. But the Belieber lads for Kildalki too got better the weekend, yeah. so... I think it's half of them are Klein, half of them are Kildaki, mm. but I still think Kildaki are very strong in the hurling. They, oh, no, no doubt they are. Um, and uh, I just think that Trim as well with Toher. And, and to win the O'Grandy Cup in the league as well, Kildaki. So they're going to be looking to win the championship. So, so you're putting a good defence in there for Kildaki anyway. So, yeah, uh, yeah I'm going with Trim. Sorry for that, Kildaki. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for that, Kildaki. And then will be in the final now. In the second <laughs> semi final, which take play, takes place on Sunday, is Kiltail and Rotold. Last year's, uh, well, five years in a row winners, Kiltail. Four, no, they won't for the driver. Drive for five. The drive for five. Rotold, who went out of the senior championship at quarter final in the football. Yeah. Um, Really going well in the hurling this year. Their first ever senior quarter final last year. Got to a league final this year. Been probably just behind. Maybe Kiltail has been the best team, but I'd say Rotol probably have been the most form in the group stages. Yeah, it's gonna be like Kiltail have got lads back though. The likes Anthony Ford, we talked about a driving force for Manalvi. Like he's mm -hmm. a real driving force for Kiltail. Killian O'Sullivan. You think Kiltail probably just they probably will get their five in a row. But it, I this is kind of this is similar. We went back to the old castle battle lock. It'll be very much. It'll be on the day. It's gonna be hard. Yeah, most games are on the day. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that one. I said that. I was going to say it to you there, but the, I did. I picked uh, Mickey up in that semi-finals are for winning. So yeah. I picked up a few weeks back and I said, but well, so is every other bloody yeah, game. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but all these one cliches, one. we just say it. Like you know what I mean. <laughs> but but on on the Kiltail, I told one. You know. Yes, Kiltail going for five in a row, but have been totally misfiring this year. Um, Barrett, they hammered long without the gate. Uh, exactly. I know that's A versus B, maybe. And, and stuff. And, and Rotot have been so consistent, getting to a league final as well. Lost that league final, I think, by three points, was it, in the end? Yeah, it was in Bengani on the Friday night, yeah. You know, and like, I just don't know. Okay, and Kiltail are getting all these players back. Is it easy? To just get all these players back and to be cohesive and for that team to just work as a team straight away. I, I, I think this is good. I, I'm actually going to go with a draw on this one, so I am. 
Um, another one of Mickey's draws. Another one of my. That'll be uh, a great shout if you get it. So is that there is extra time? Is there in this it's I full don't, time? Yeah, it's so. sixty minutes. Don't worry about extra time. Yeah. Don't worry about replays or anything. Not, sixty this, minutes. This is all that matters. Because <laughs> yeah. this year is it's a bit different. Because all a lot of the games have extra time. They didn't have it before. So yeah. I'm not sure if the hurling yeah. has extra time. Well, I'm going. Football at, does. I'm going at sixty minutes draw. So I am. Um, I just. My I think it'll take two games. I think Kiltail will win the second game. I just think that it'll take them a game to get their feet to get the team back together. Or to have been. Fairly solid all year. I, you know, I just, I just have that feeling about this. One. I hope to God the Kildaki and Lord Kildail win. I need a, I need a good week. <laughs> <laughs> I need a good week. I need a good week. Because at least I can say I know the hurdle. You, you, know, you I know sound, the hurdle. You sound game. like a, you sound like a, a real gambler. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> I, need a, I need a good this week. Is the one. This is the one. <laughs> yeah. I've had a few visits. on this one. Yeah. And that's something that we're going to look at maybe as well in the coming weeks is that I might study odds and whatever. I love looking at odds. I don't gamble myself, but I love looking at the odds in games and, and teams and whatever. Well, and just to see, interesting, yeah, I love all that and, and looking to see where the bookies get it wrong. Like, you know, a couple of weeks ago when, when we played screen, you know, we were 13 to 8 the week beforehand. Yeah. Went into 11 to 8. So, like, we went into 11 to 8 from 13 to 8 against screen. Now, that that's was, that no was my money. <laughs> <laughs> that's no slight against screen in any way. No. That's just me going how can the bookies have two time champions um, screen who haven't been to a senior final in, in, in many a year now at this stage well, it, would have been, it would have been 2010 was the last time that they yeah, were the in the final you know so like it's eight years ago but it, 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 For, just on that it's actually something that I, I've kind of noticed especially with Paddy Power I know there's different sort of bookmakers but them especially sort of try and lay assignments as much as they can I mean two weeks ago they were 11 to 2 for the championship yeah. They were 13 to 8 to win that game. I know Dunboyne bet them, but they were underdogs in that game. So, presumably, Paddy Power giving Dunboyne favouritism to win the championship, they're going to make Dunboyne favourites next week against Simonstown. We shall see. Well, I've, I looked at the odds today, and Simonstown and Dunboyne are now joint favourites at 2 to 1. For <clears throat> for the championship, so okay. I'm guessing that even the, money, even the, money, yeah. exactly that it'll be just yeah. slightly under even Five money six, next week yeah. or something like that, and that the draw could be fairly low. Mm. Um, the reason why is that our sister podcast in Cavan are doing a weekly um, bet now, and they started off two weeks ago. It's ten euro. Um, they started off it and they've got it up to ninety euro in two weeks. They, they got away with Calvin Gales, did that the weekend? They, no, they didn't. They didn't back on that game. So, they play, so yeah. they're doing they're doing little trebles and whatever. But uh, funnily enough, on the Calvin Gales game, Gowna were nine to two. Yeah, yeah. nine to two to beat in a two horse race, and they had only drawn two weeks ago yeah, in the championship. True, yeah. You know, it just so, they just, so the bookies it. do get these get these odds very wrong I sometimes. never told you took up a job with Paddy Power that's what you had said that's what he was after happening isn't it he's the one making the odds yeah. I'd ring in and tell them what to do that's why it's gone so bonkers wrong well look that is uh, a roundup of all the championship football uh, from last weekend and the hurling uh, senior finals for, for ne- or senior semi-finals for next weekend so that's part one of this week's podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thanks for listening. We did have David Rispin in, as we said, from the Rispin blog. Uh, David was kindly kindly stayed on with us for another three quarters of an hour or so um, to discuss all things uh, um, about the GAA. We discussed uh, the championship so far, which players have impressed him most throughout the three different championships in Meath. Um, we discussed Courtown and the situation in Courtown at the minute out there in Bohermine. We discussed Andy McEntee and the Meath setup. We also talked at length about uh, the system for the Fesh Cup, the Talchin Cup and the Cornabonia as well uh, this year being played at this time of the year and what his thoughts were that uh, were on that. Um, and also we just discussed the GA in general and what kind of a year it's been for football um, throughout the country. So stay tuned for part two of this podcast. It comes out on Thursday afternoon. So uh, it's a bumper week in our podcasts here on We Are Mead. And don't forget, We Are Mead, why it matters more.